Hi everyone, I'm Timmy Murphy and welcome to my podcast, This Man's World. This is a podcast series where I talk to different men from all walks of life and who all have a different story to tell. I hope to inspire and engage you with these amazing guys who I'll be interviewing. Modern day men living in a modern day Ireland. Their hopes, their dreams, their likes, their dislikes, and what it's like being a man in 2020. Hello everyone and welcome to my first episode of my podcast called This Man's World. This is always something that I've wanted to do for a long, long time, but I kept putting it off. I kept putting excuses out there saying I hadn't enough time. I don't have the equipment. I don't know what I'd be able to do it, that sort of stuff. And I was just procrastinating for a long, long time. But we're actually in our second lockdown here now in Ireland. It's October 2020. So... Now I have all the time in the world, so now is the best time to just throw myself into the deep end and just do that podcast that I've always wanted to do. I absolutely love engaging with people. I'm a natural talker and I absolutely love hearing people's stories. And I've always looked for a platform to express this. Um, and also, you know, to get people's stories out there and also to get my story out there as well so i think you know this is a perfect platform for for this so i suppose who am i uh well my name is timmy and i spell it with an ie um it drives me mad when i see people spelling it with a y even though i know they don't know um it's just one of those little things that that, that i always notice I was born on the 5th of March in 1982, so I'm an 80s baby. I was born in Ennis in County Clare, which is in the west coast of Ireland. I'm a Pisces, and I'm a true Pisces man. So, like, I'm creative, I'm spiritual, <coughs> excuse me, I'm sensitive, I'm aware. I have a very sensitive heart, and I have a strong um, gut feeling to, like, reactions, a strong, strong gut feeling to reactions to people, places, and things. Um, like I said, I was born in Ennis in County Clare and Ennis is, is, if you don't know it, it's, it's a bustling market town. And like, it was the eighties when I grew up. So like I grew up on the streets, you know, I grew, I walked to the shops for sweets and ice creams. You know, there was no fear of judgments or any outside influences. You know, uh, there was no social media technology was minimal. Um, so like it was a simple enough life, you know. I used to spend my summer days in my grandfather's lighthouse in Yall in County Cork, which was absolutely beautiful um, in the south of Ireland. So there, you know, they were long, sunny evenings on the beach and, and days I used to spend with my cousin Ethan. We used to explore, you know, everything that Yall had to offer. So a lot of my summers were spent by the sea. And like I said, I'm a, I'm a natural Piscean man, so I like to be by the sea. Um, you know, as a child, I was a natural performer. I was an actor. Um, I always looked. I always looked to put on a show, and I loved making people laugh. And I used to put together like little performances for anybody that would watch, which was usually just my parents or or my older brother and his friends. Um, so like I was away in my own world, and like my world was innocent. It was fun, and it was away from real life. I was very much somebody who used to just step into his little fantasy world. Um, I grew up in a housing estate called Ellen Park and I and I had a good lot of friends. Like I, I loved it there. 
Um, and, you know, my parents are very loving and they protected me from the harsh realities of the world. My father did have an addiction problem to alcohol and, you know, that that was his that was his way to bear, I suppose, um, as I was a child. But a lot of that was kept away from me. So a lot of it was kept behind closed doors. So I was a great I was a great man for kind of stepping into, like I said, into that fantasy world. So, you know, if my parent my parents, they had their difficulties, you know, um, there was difficulties there with arguments between them and stuff like that. But it was but it was very much something that was always kind of kept away from me and it was always protected from me um you know i do remember nights where i'd be kind of behind the bedroom door and i'd be listening to arguments and stuff like that but you know i was i was very lucky that like i said it was kind of kept out of my 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 eyesight um i have three brothers i have an older brother trevor so i'm a middle child and then i have two younger brothers dara and stephen and i'm very very lucky that that we've we have such a great relationship even to this day um we're a very very close close-knit family i was in drama classes from the age of eight and i took part in like school productions um which i loved and i just loved being in front of an audience because it just gave me confidence and again it brought that fantasy world into life so i was doing speech and drama classes um and doing like little plays and stuff like that and i remember um i remember doing my first play called the night's task when i was 10 i remember just absolutely falling in love with it and just loving you know just loving the audience and just loving to being able to step into this character away from from real life um and i remember as well i used to I used to gather all the, the local kids together and I used to put together these productions in the estate. And I remember the very first production we did was, well, when I say it was production, we were standing like in a field. But I, I remember taking it quite seriously and like putting costumes together and making sure that everybody had their lines learned and everybody knew who their character was and stuff. So I was very bossy that way. I was very kind of determined. I was 10 years of age, like, but I remember... I was like, it's my, I remember sitting down with all the kids and I remember saying to them, this is my production house. You can't miss, you can't mess this up because we have an audience coming. But, (laughs) and I still, I still have such vivid memories of us, of us doing that, 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 that play in the estate. But I, I have since heard that my niece, Amelia, who is also 10, she does the same thing in her estate and she gathers um, all the kids together and she puts all together these little productions. And I've heard she's quite bossy as well. So I think she might be taken after her uncle in the whole acting and performing side of things, possibly. Um, I also, I remember when I was about, I think I was 14, 14, 15, and I was in the final two for the lead role in the Angela's Ashes movie, um, Angela's Ashes by Frank McCourt. And I went to the last casting call where I met the director and it was between me and another guy. And I remember going to the auditions in Limerick and I didn't get the part. And I think you have these standout moments in your life that you look back and you remember them. And I think that was definitely one of my earliest standout moments where I look back at the feeling of rejection. And I remember thinking... God, I'm I'm not, I don't think I'm actually going to get this. And it really kind of hit me hard that that was my my very first taste of rejection and I remember kind of thinking, "Oh, 
God, life actually can be a little bit tough. It wasn't just that like little fantasy world that I lived in. At the age of 15, we moved to a suburb called Ballybeg, which is just outside Ennis. Now, it was a whole different world to Ellen Park. My parents had separated for a few years. Um, and then they had just got back together. So they were making a second chance of things. And they had bought this big house. And they had my, my two younger brothers, Dara and Stephen. And it was very much, you know, a, a second chance just to, to see how things would go. And I remember I was over the moon that they had that had that they had reconciled. And, um, you know, that it was all going to it was all going to be plain sailing from there on. And it was a new start and a new house and that. And like even when my when my parents were separated, I used to I used to visit my father every weekend and he was staying in a flat um, in Ennis. But our relationship was quite distant and I think that was probably, I suppose, number one, it was down to my age. I just didn't have the maturity to have that kind of relationship with my father or to understand my father and to understand his addictions. And I probably would have associated him with kind of that kind of the arguments in the house with my mum. So I suppose there was there was never really a strong relationship there when I was when I was young, but he was like he was still my father, like I still loved him, you know. But when we moved out to Ballybeg, like I said, it was a whole different world. There was no kids playing on the streets. Um there was no like groups of kids that I could play with and stuff and I did, I did miss Ellen Park, but I was kind of growing older and I was going into my teen years and stuff. And, you know, to, life was changing. Things were changing, you know. The house we moved into was twice the size of the house that we were in when we were in, uh, when we were in Ellen Park. Um, but I did like it there and I did make some friends there and stuff. But again, I, I had that ability to step into another world. I was totally obsessed with the Spice Girls. It was the mid-90s. They were the biggest thing since sliced bread. Uh, I, when I found that life was getting any way difficult, I would just go into my bedroom and I would just play their music and I would just go into, I don't know, into a Spice world or whatever. I used to go into their world and I used to just live in that, that fantasy world. And, you know, my parents, they, you know, they, there was days when they'd get on. There was days when they wouldn't get on and stuff. And there was, you know, we, we had the best of everything. We had great holidays. We had lovely cars. Anything I wanted, I, you know, I got. And that went for my brothers as well. Um, it was never a bad upbringing or anything. But, you know, there was frayed moments there, um, as I'm sure there is in every household. But I, I did have that that ability to just step out of the real world and go into my, my little world, my little, my little, Timmy world, I suppose. So I started doing productions and and um like local productions and that. And I remember taking part in a local drama production when I was fifteen, and there was a man there in the production, and I remember being quite drawn to him. And I remember becoming a little bit infatuated by him. And in school, I used to, I was quite arty. And in school, I used to draw pictures of him on my, my picture books. And I used to, I used to draw like love hearts and sign the love hearts. Because I'm a bloody true romantic, even to this day. Like, <laughs> But I remember drawing love hearts and writing, his, writing my name. I'd write like Timmy plus question mark, you know, forever, in love forever. But I would never obviously write his name on it because the fear of putting a man's name down. But I remember thinking, mm, this is kind of strange that I've 
feel that this in fact that I've got a little bit of infatuation towards an older man. Now, I was I think I was sixteen. Uh, he was in his forties, so like, I'd you know I I don't even know where that man is now. I'd I'd say if he was if he was in his forties in his nineties, he's probably in his seventies now. But I definitely think it was one of those standout moments again that I look back in my life and I go ah okay so that now makes sense and I think it was one of the very first moments in my life where I can now look back and I can say right okay so that was the start of me becoming a gay man and that was the start of me looking at men differently um like I I, I didn't really think about my sexuality growing up like I was kissing girls and I loved the attention from girls in school like I I had a group of friends in school that were boys and girls. I loved being in a group of uh being in a group of friends that were boys and girls. You know, I loved that relationship between the two, but I did love that attention from girls. So like I was kissing girls in school. There was boys I was attracted to in school, but again it was nothing that I I never sat down and went, Oh god, this is really strange. This shouldn't be happening. I think I was just Maybe again, I was probably in that fantasy world, possibly, um, and I just wasn't. I was just too young, maybe, to come to terms with it. Um, and then, like as the years went on and stuff, um, my parents they stayed together, but it, the the marriage did eventually break down when I was nineteen. But to be honest, I think that marriage had been broken down back in Ellen Park. So I think I remember when my mum had told me that the marriage was was finished and my dad when they both told me like that the marriage was finished. I remember not really getting too shocked because I had, you know, I think they were just two, two people who were out of love. I think they were just. They weren't compatible and I suppose they just made a mature decision that this is not going to work. So, you know, to kind of keep things on a happy level and a mature level for their sons they decided to part ways and that was fine and that and I have total respect for that and today they have they still have a great relationship they're, they're still good friends my, you know my father has moved on he's met somebody else and there's a good relationship there as well so I very much do respect that I think it was a very adult way of 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 handling it and you know as there was arguments and stuff in the house they were you know they were kind of kept away from me when I was a kid and then as I grew older they were kept away from the two boys as well and Trevor Trevor was a bit older so there's eight years between me and Trevor and he was over in Birmingham training to be a chef so he wouldn't have he, I mean he would have seen arguments and stuff when he was younger and that but not not kind of in our own belly bag because he was that little bit older um, I moved to Dublin when I was 21 um, after, well, it was an all right leave and start. I was never academic. I didn't care about school. I was in school for the laugh. I was there to make friends. My school was my social life. It was where I could go in and have a bit of fun. I didn't care if I passed that exam. I didn't care about those school books. I didn't care about college. I just wanted to become an adult. And I wanted to be an actor. I wanted to be on stage. That continued the whole way through my teenage years. 
So I moved up to Dublin when I was 21 and I was working in a clothes shop on Grafton Street full time. And I rented a bedsit in Ranala and it was a hundred euro. Was it euro at the time? Yeah, it was. It was euro. Hundred euro at the time. It was 2003. And the bedsit was tiny. It was a grotty little bedsit, completely overpriced. I remember my I remember my parents calling and and I remember the two of them going like you you can't you can't live here like it was literally a bed and a tiny little kitchen, but I didn't care. I was like yes I can live here. This is my space. This is my patch. It was all about being independent. I loved the buzz of the city. Um, I began partying and enjoying the city lifestyle and you know all the energy and like everything that 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 came with it. Like I started making friends up there and. It was all about having the independence. But then the acting stopped. And I kind of took a break from it because I felt that all the energy that I had put into acting when I was younger, I now needed to put that energy somewhere else. And my life wasn't defined by me doing plays and acting and stuff. And I had just actually landed a role um, in Killer Scully. And I was in one episode, so I was kind of getting my foot in there in, in, into TV land. And then I left it. And look, I don't know. I mean, if I if I had continued on, maybe I could have made it as an actor. Maybe I couldn't. I don't have regrets. Your life is mapped out for you. Everything happens for a reason. And, you know, maybe one day I might go back acting. I don't know. I mean, I, I, I did pan, Panto last year. Um, and it was it was I had that that rush and that feeling of being back on stage was was great, but I I did leave it and I never went back to it. So it's definitely a chapter in my life that I enjoyed, but I closed. But I was up in Dublin and I was uh I was working at the clothes shop, but I was also studying um acting in the Gaiety School of Acting, and I loved that year. I really really did. But as soon as I did it, that was it, and I kind of closed that door. You never know. I might I might tread the boards again. Um and as kinda of, as the years went on and stuff, I started making friends with gay guys. And I suppose I was intrigued by their lifestyle. Um I was kind of intrigued by what they you know, where they went and they used to go to the George at the weekends and stuff and the odd weekends I used to go with them. But like being gay wasn't really a big thing in 2003 like Ireland had very much moved on like the 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 marriage bill hadn't been passed yet but you know there was no not in Dublin anyway um there was no kind of attitude really towards being gay so even though I still knew I was attracted to guys I just wasn't in that place to come out as gay because it just didn't seem like a big issue to me and I was still dating girls so like I continued to date girls and there was guys that I did, did have feelings for, but I never really kind of explored it. Now, Dublin in those years was, was absolutely booming. There was nightclubs opening up everywhere. There was parties everywhere. And I absolutely loved going out. And I suppose as the years went on, I moved from place to place and I started friendships. I ended friendships and I spent very little time at home. I wasn't really looking after my health and I've never... I've never claimed to be an alcoholic, but I've had some scary moments of alcohol. I remember one night having a panic attack 
and I was living in Dundrum and it was Christmas time and all my housemates had gone home and I remember there was a really heavy thick snow out there and I started drinking cider so it was a, I was drinking a lot of cider at the time so I, I like I was on the party scene I was out every weekend but I mean I was binge drinking I was drinking till I you know drinking till I couldn't even remember my name but I remember that particular night buying cider and sitting in the house on my own and drinking bottle after bottle after bottle after bottle and I was just having a little party to myself I was just rocking around the house on my own but I think I only got like an hour of sleep I got up the next morning got into the car drove to work I was working in Blanchardstown at the time worked I worked the full day the uh, shop was really really busy I remember because obviously it was it was Christmas and I got home that night and I wasn't feeling myself and my chest started getting really tight and I started like I wasn't able to breathe and I was getting shortness of breath and I thought I was having a heart attack and I rang my father and I said dad I, I, I don't know what's happening I said well, I feel like I'm having a heart attack he started talking to me he was like what 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 did you do like what what, what have you been doing today and said him I was working and I said well I was drinking all night last night and he was like you were drinking all night I was like yeah all night and he was like to me you need to cop yourself on he said you're having a panic attack so he talked me through it and he calmed me down he said are you are you drinking like this all the time I said I am I said I'm I'm, I'm it's just something that I've kind of it was like an endless cycle every weekend it was binge drinking binge drinking binge drinking and I kind of felt like it had kind of got a, a little grip on me but you wouldn't but I was one of those people like I never missed a day of work I was so committed to my job I was in there at the crack of dawn I worked hard but I completely burnt myself out at the weekends so you know it's very very easy for that to happen and in particular at that age you know you're in your 20s and you know you're kind of you're enjoying life and you kind of get sucked into that and you're you're kind of drinking really I suppose beyond your beyond your means so there was a few little hairy moments like that um i moved to cork for a few years and like i, I continued to party down there and i never really took life seriously i had no savings and i was kind of just living one weekend to the next and i really wasn't looking after my health and my whole life revolved around alcohol partying and my friends and i know that's what we do in our 20s but there was nothing else but that and I do I know I said earlier I don't have a lot of regrets and I don't but I do feel a lot of my 20s was wasted on partying um I never traveled I never seen the world but I probably seen every single nightclub in Dublin that there was <laughs> but look it is what it is um I eventually did come out as gay and I had actually been sleeping with men. So I'd been sleeping with men before I had come out. And I thought I was bisexual. I thought, I thought that's the road that I was going down. Because I suppose I didn't, I didn't want to label myself as a, as a gay man. Because I, 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 I knew the minute that I would label myself that things could drastically change for me. So I thought I was bisexual. But I had been sleeping with men and my feelings were stronger for men than they were for women. So I had another hairy moment down in Cork, um, again with alcohol. And 
I rang my mother one night and I told her I was feeling suicidal and I had a lot of drink taken. So my father sat me down and had a chat with me in the kitchen in Ballybeg. I was at home for the weekend. And he said to me, he was like, I'm not, I don't want to offend you. And I don't want to say anything um, that's going to upset you. But he said, are you gay? And I said, no, I'm bisexual. But even when I said that, it was like a weight came off my shoulders. I, f I felt, I felt different. And he said, well, I would worry about you more than the other boys because you're, you're going to be on the gay scene. And it's a scene that I don't know a lot about. And I remember saying to him, it's fine, everything's fine, it'll be grand, I'll be fine. Because I knew myself, I had my gay friends and, you know, it'll be fine. I, I was basically just kind of trying to reassure him. But I knew he was a little bit worried. So that was, I suppose, how I kind of came out, I suppose. Um, I kind of stupidly announced it to my mother at my father's uh, 60th birthday at his uh, surprise 60th birthday up at the golf club and I had a few drinks down me and she was there with her friend Noreen and I don't remember the exact conversation but I remember saying to her oh well I'm, I won't be I won't ever be bringing a, a, a girl home to Claire and she said what do you mean I said well it'll be a man because I'm gay and she got really upset but she got upset because I had just sprung it on her and looking back it was such a stupid thing to do <laughs> Like, talk about bad timing. Like, bloody wrong place, wrong time. And she got really upset. And then I got really upset. And I started crying and I stormed out of the golf club. And my dad seen me and he came after me. And then my older brother, Trevor, came after me. And we were standing outside the golf club. And I knew in my father's face he was looking at me. And I knew in his eyes he knew what I had done. And... My brother Trevor said, what's wrong? Like, why are you so upset? What's wrong? I was like, oh, it's, it's ma'am. I'm after saying something to ma'am. She's after getting upset. And I go, well, what did you say to her? And I said, I told her that I'm gay. And now my father had known, so he was fine. And uh, my brother Trevor was like, okay, fine. You know, he just totally, totally oblivious. So he probably knew. Um, and he was like, okay, that's, that's, that's no problem. And then my other two brothers came out, Dara and Stephen, and I said the same as well. And they were just totally fine. Like, they were just, yeah, that's no problem. You know, you are who you are, and that's just the way it is. So I had that acceptance. Um, My mother was fine in the end. I did eventually sit down with her, and we talked it out, and we had a chat. It was just the shock of, I mean, you're out on a night out, like you're sitting up at the bar having a few drinks, and your, tur your son turns around and just announces it. It was a stupid thing for me to do, and I didn't take her feelings into account. But... um she was fine and she's a total support now um to this day so i had my kind of coming out or whatever and i entered into mr gay ireland the competition and i just totally threw myself into the gay scene like it was it was the gay scene or nothing at that stage with me and i went into that competition i was very much went out there publicly as a gay man uh started dating guys my image was changing um, I had like a shaved head and I wore like a lot of fake tan now it, fake tan was in but <laughs> I mean when I look back at pictures now I'm like oh my god I got like this little silver diamante earring I'm the colour of I don't know what 
and I had the shaved head and just my image was really beginning to change. And I was still partying. Um, I was still working in retail. I was living on my own in Dublin and the alcohol was beginning to start to kind of creep back in. And again, I found myself drinking on my own a lot and it had kind of become a way of life. So like on a Saturday evening after work, I mean, I, I worked very hard during the week and I used to kind of say to myself on a Saturday, I'll get, I'll get a bottle of wine now in the evening just to kind of reward myself. But then that bottle would go to two bottles and then there were some nights that those two bottles would go to three bottles. But I never miss work. And I was running myself into the ground and I was on the absolute brink of exhaustion. And, you know, I, I had dated lots of guys at this stage and there was none, there was none really that I had really liked. Um, but I was just in that endless cycle of working hard, drinking to oblivion at the weekend, waking up on a Sunday morning with a hangover. Some Sunday mornings I'd wake up next to a guy that I wouldn't even know his name. Um, you know, and everything was just, everything had just suddenly gone over the top with me. I had to be at every party, you know, I had to be involved in every group of friends, you know, I, I had to be, I had to be with everything. I, st I started... I started hanging around with people who were a lot younger than me. So I began to kind of lose myself. So we're talking my mid-30s now and a lot of my friends that I had parted with in my 20s, they had all moved on and they got married and they had kids and stuff. And that's something that I always wanted. And I was so envious when I used to see them do that. I was beginning to sit through weddings of my closest friends and just sitting there. And even though I was happy for them, in my own heart, I was like, I would just so love this because I so wanted to leave that party scene and I so wanted to settle down and meet someone and I always wanted kids and they were beginning to have kids and it just wasn't happening for me and I now look back and I know why it wasn't happening and it wasn't happening because I wasn't happy within myself and my validation was being the funniest one at a party that's how I felt validated so there was absolutely no self-love there whatsoever. So I was, you know, I was starting to date these guys and nothing was really kind of hitting ground. But I always put myself into it. Because like I said, I'm a true Piscean and I have such a big heart. And when I meet a guy that I like, I invest my time in it. And I become quite vulnerable with them. Now, I don't know, back in the day, I could have been, I say it's vulnerable, maybe I could have been a bit pushy, maybe. You know, when you are when you look back and you kind of go, God, why weren't you just a little bit more chill with that guy? Like, But I suppose it was an age thing. And like I said, everything was over the top of me. Even my, if I, like, I look back at some of the pictures, the, the outfits that I used to wear, like, I wouldn't leave, I wouldn't leave the house unless it was completely dressed over the top. Like, the tan had to be on. The outfit had to be out there. I had to be seen. I had to be heard. That can be quite intimidating as well. And maybe I could have intimidated a few guys down through the years. So if you are listening, I am sorry. I just didn't love myself. <laughs> I'm not like that now. Um, but I, I had to, I, around the age of 36, I was beginning to start to feel very, very alone. And I was living alone. And I'd gone to, I had gone through two relationships where they'd both walked out on me. Um, the first one, he, he was kind of suffering from depression. 
he broke my heart I really really liked him I thought he was I thought it was going to go places and it didn't took me a bit of time to get over it then another guy came along again I really liked him I threw myself into it I invested all my time in him but he was quite manipulative and he had a great way of getting me around his finger and he used to say things that used to get under my skin and I was half the person I was with him he kind of shrunk me down a little bit and I now look back and I go oh my god how did I let him do that but when you're in that moment it's very hard to kind of get out of it I suppose so I suppose he kind of tried to control me and then when he got what he wanted he just he was, he was gone he went off with some other fella I remember being really really hurt over that one and I swore it would never happen again I swore that nobody would uh, make small of me and I swore that nobody was going to break my heart ever ever again so I I took my hurt and my sadness and I started putting them into other things and I kind of got into so I, I had started my I was, I was doing modeling when I was younger when I was around 14 15 I was doing kind of amateur modeling Um, I was in a little agency it was down in Waterford and I was doing kind of some modeling jobs for them during school but I kind of got into modeling at a more professional level when all that kind of happened so I threw all my hurt and my energy into that and I only got into that I only kind of got into professional modeling by chance so my friend who was a male model was doing a fashion show and one of the male models didn't show up for it and he, he messaged me I was in work and he was like can you can you step in and 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 walk on the show and I was like um I think I can yeah but I remember I remember going down to the show and I remember thinking I have not got a notion what I'm doing here but it was it was like going back to that boy that young boy that used to go into his fantasy world it was very much like right just just do it just go back to your acting world you have it in you just do it so I kind of went from there then and I got myself an agent and I've been very lucky and you know I'm, I'm still to this day I'm still modeling and I think it'll 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 be with me for another couple of years. I think it's very much my a part of me now, and it's that fantasy world that I can step into and I can step away from real life, and I I can create images with a photographer, and you know I can come up with these different ideas, or I can do a fashion show and be in a different world, and I really do enjoy it. But I was very much hurting underneath, and I was very very alone, and. Patrick's night 2017 I think it was I was out with friends and I was absolutely blind drunk surprise surprise and I got into an accident and I broke my ankle and I remember the next day sitting in the waiting hospital it was sitting in the waiting room in the hospital I was sitting there for eight hours I was hung over I had a broken ankle I was in pain all over and I remember feeling broken from head to toe so even though my ankle was broken I felt broken everywhere I felt like I needed and I needed to leave my life in Dublin I felt I needed a new chapter and that the party boy needed to stop and I needed quality over quantity and I had to get out of there so I left my job. I was working in a beauty store at the time. I absolutely loved that job, but it was all I had at the time. So I didn't feel like I had a lot of friends anymore. And I just felt I was just that haggard party boy that just needed to find something. So 
I wasn't finding a relationship. I wasn't finding love. So I needed to find happiness another way. So I left my job. I packed my bags and I moved home and I moved back in at my mum. I have to say it probably was, it, it was the best thing that I've ever done because it really did change me as a person and it grounded me. I did bits of reality TV. I went on First Dates Ireland and when I first recorded, I went on it twice, but when I first recorded it, I was really, I was in a bad place and I was in that cycle of binge drinking and no self-love and no respect for myself, no respect for my body. And again, everything was just so over the top at me. And I now watch that episode and I don't recognise myself. And I, I look at that episode and I, because I, I came across quite, I came across wrong in it. And I think it was all just a mask at the time. And I look back at it and I just think, oh God, that boy is really hurting that I can, that, that I, that I see. Now I, I did go back on it last year and I was my true authentic self and I got a very good reaction. So just goes to show when you are your true authentic self and when you're happy within yourself you know good good things do happen it's the universe does have your back and the universe does want you to be the best of how you are so i moved home um and i worked on myself i settled down and i used to still go out like i mean i i, I i'm always down in cork i have some amazing best friends down there that I always go down to and I, I have great nights out with them. But I can kind of control my alcohol now. Now, that's not to say I don't have some wild nights like we all have. We all have to let loose. But I'm not in that lonely cycle anymore. That's, that's you know, that, that, that has definitely closed. That door has definitely closed. So, lockdown uh, came along. Coronavirus started in January kind of came to Ireland in March. Lockdown hit in March time. Um, and then we were all sent home. So I was very busy at the time. I was in Panto at Christmas. I was doing bits on the radio. I was modelling at the weekends. I was working a full-time job. And that exhaustion was starting to come back into me. So I was kind of clutching at straws again. And I was kind of looking for this, that and the other. And trying to keep myself preoccupied. Because I had kept myself single because I had sworn that I wasn't going to get ever get my heart broken again. So I had spent three years being single. So lockdown came in March and I actually quite enjoyed it because the, the weather was nice. And I was working from home and I just felt relaxed and I felt I felt that pace was needed. And I think that pace was needed for everyone. Then another man came into my life and he came out of nowhere and he came completely unexpected um, and hit me like a ton of bricks. This this thing really, this relationship really hit me like, it just literally came out of nowhere. I really felt like this was the one because I had spent that time working on myself. I wasn't looking for anyone. And he, like I said, he came he came into my life when I least expected it. So I said, this has to be the one. And this person had kids and I always wanted kids. And about two years ago, I had said to myself, Timmy, I don't think kids is going to be a reality for you. And I left that dream behind me. And I, and I have a beautiful niece and two gorgeous nephews. And I kind of said, they, they'll be my kids. And when he had kids, I said, this must be so this must be the one. And I felt like the stars were aligning. I felt like the universe was beginning to talk now and was 
beginning to say to me, this is it, go for it. And I threw myself into this. And I really just threw myself into, into him and I invested all my time in him and I really put myself out there. But it didn't work out. And I was really heartbroken and I was really hurt. And I still am and I'm still healing. It's now October. It ended in July and the rug was pulled from under me. And I suppose when I say I'm healing, I'm more kind of looking back at why did that happen to me? Like, why did the universe dangle something in front of me that could have been so good and then rip it away from me? And I swore I would never have my heart broken again. And this guy actually broke my heart more than any of the others that went before him. But look, it is what it is. And it is true what they say you do become a lot stronger and as the weeks go on i i now look back and i i can you know i i can feel myself being a lot stronger than what i was and when one door closes another one always opens so it's always about just looking after you i threw myself into fitness i'd all i'd always been quite fit anyway before that I was always a gym goer, but I started training five days a week because, again, I had all that hurt, all that pain needed to go somewhere. And it went on the weights. And I was training five mornings a week, but I was hurting my body. I've actually, as I re record this, I've actually got a, a back injury because I didn't listen to my body. I went to a healer about four weeks ago back in West Clare, and I just felt that... I needed to be healed because I had been through a lot of hurts down through the years, whether it be with men, whether it had been with me hurting myself through alcohol, through partying, um, or, you know, anything that came up in my life, I felt like I needed to be healed. And she had said to me that when I was younger, that there was somebody in the house that did have addiction problems but it was all kept behind closed doors so I was it was never it was never in my eyelid because my parents wanted to protect me which was true and she said because because that was all kept behind closed doors I accepted that as a loving relationship so whatever my parents went through that was their you know that was their business but I accepted all that as, as, as a loving relationship. And as I went through life, because I didn't love myself, every man that came into my life had secrets. And like, I mean, every man has hid stuff from me. And every man has not let me in. And I accepted that because that's what I grew up watching and listen, or that's what I grew up listening to. And she took me back to that inner child. She took me back to that little boy that little actor, that little performer who used to go into like the fantasy world. And she took me back to him and she said, now you need to start all over again. And you need to accept that your parents had a relationship, but it wasn't always a happy relationship. And she said, and now going forward, you need to open your mouth and you need to, you don't need to take bull crap anymore. 
and it just it really just made a lot of sense and it did kind of change me and i i know now that i will not i will never ever accept um secrets or i will never ever accept people not letting me in it's just not a part of me anymore and it's all about me now and it's all about my happiness and it's all about going forward into the future and you know i'm in a good place and it's i'm happy I feel like I'm stuck in the mud, like us all. I don't, I feel like I can't see the next chapter. I don't know where my next chapter is going because of coronavirus, because our lives have changed so drastically. But I'm in a good place and I, I do feel like everything is coming full circle. The years are ticking on. I'm getting older. I'm getting more grounded. I'm getting more comfortable into my skin. And I've always wanted to be comfortable in my skin. And if I can say that at this age and I'm comfortable in my skin, then I'm very, very happy. So, guys, I know I have uh, rabbited on there a little bit, but that's my story. And that's just an insight into who I am and a little bit about my background. I'm going to have some really great guys coming on here over the next few weeks. And I'm going to get to know them as well. And I'm going to get to know a little bit about what they're about. So, I really... I appreciate you listening to my first episode. Um, I've enjoyed this. I do very much feel like I have thrown myself into the deep end, but I have enjoyed it. I hope you have enjoyed it too. And stay tuned because I, like I said, I will have some really great guys coming up and I hope you enjoy the podcast. <laughs>